Welcome to another edition of Flobo Sod on Netflix. And that's the show where we go into the Netflix library to find out what's going on. A couple weeks ago, I made a call out to the social media networks. I said, hey, look, June is your friend Flobo's birth month. I want to celebrate with people that are near and dear to my heart and talk and discuss movies, documentaries, TV shows, what have you. So all month of June, we're going to have ourselves a grand old time. And today, I'm being joined by, I guess, one of my most decorated guest hosts. He's been on almost every show I've ever created. But he's here to talk about the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. Give it up for James Lott Jr. I guess I have been on, just except for wrestling. There's always time, brother. <laughs> That's the only show I've, I've not been on your. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I've been on all your other shows except except for the wrestling ones. Yes, that's true. We'll, we'll totally make that work. But today on this podcast, we are talking about the death and life of Marsha P. Johnson. The documentary series that aired in or released the end of 2017, but kind of landed on Netflix in 2018. IMDb gives it a rating of 7.3 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 73%. So pretty even. That almost never happens. Thoughts about it overall there, James Lott Jr.? I learned a lot. You know, I... I um... This is this is my my it was I think it's it's American history, but specifically it is LGBTQIA plus you know, see everybody in there um, history um, that wasn't told to many of us. I knew nothing about it until actually right before the documentary. Did not know who she was, and I know what her part was. She played, um, and I've been around a long time, um, and I and I and I think now like I think I, you know I've been around a while. Um, but I think I look back and I think I've heard the name here and there bandied about, but not discussed in any kind of major way. So I, I was very happy to find this documentary and it was very, you know, it's kind of sad. Um, mm -hmm. It's also historic. Um, it's, it's, it's a struggle. It's, it's about a struggle. And she is one of many um, that uh, she's representing from that time period. But I, I, I liked it a lot. I was, it's very informative. I liked it a lot. What do you think? You know what? I, I've i heard certain things before going into it. Now we're talking about things going into it. I knew the importance of Stonewall. I mean, I, I, I went to New York City about three or four years ago, and the site still, I don't think hollow ground. Oh, everyone kind of knows. Yeah, yeah, everyone kind of knows what happened there. Uh, Marsha P. Johnson specifically was someone I wasn't familiar with. And so that was an interesting story and learning more about, and again, I say this as a, as I always say, a garden variety heterosexual cisgendered male, and it is pride month, but uh, the little bit of a divide between, between gays and members of the transgender community, especially in New York at the time was something I never even thought about how deep this history goes. So I enjoyed it. Uh, we go into more than nitty gritty of it all, but definitely uh well, the one thing I want to talk to you first about, though, was the pace. Usually Netflix documentaries are like flashbang, like sweeping scores. This was very, very muted, almost a different change of direction. Well, because also it was a, it was a, it was a CSI, so to speak. Oh, hi, Nikki Bailey. I love you, Nikki. Um, hey, Nikki. It's, it's, it was like CSI also because it was a, she's trying to get justice for her. She's trying to find out what happens, you know, the, the main character so to speak i'm saying it just because she's not a character she's a real person trying to you know they're telling the story as she's trying to piece things together um it had a very different pacing very different tone very different everything i mean it was, you're right it's very it's very different than, than the normal 
that Netflix stuff. Right. Yeah, no, no more Netflix. So let's talk about the the mystery of it all. Like, uh, the the circumstances surrounding her disappearance uh, was was something that could have been told in a different, a many different way. People had different theories of what was going on, and so you had uh, was it Vicky Cruz, Victoria Cruz's investigation going in there, just trying to uncover things, and and she was to one character or one other uh, person's perspective. What's kind of plain detective? I was. On the edge of my seat, not so much to find an answer, but hope that she was doing it safely. You know? Oh, there, oh, there were times where I felt, uh, yeah, for her too, going, ooh, you're going to that play, you're going, you're trying to check this out, and you don't know if it's safe or not. I mean, that's the fearlessness of main members of our community. It's just kind of, you know, and I'm gonna say this, and I, you know, you're black, I'm black. We're black, you're black. Watches are black. You're black, black, I'm black, I'm just black this month, especially. Uh, no, <laughs> I, um, I, I just, I, my problem with the LGBTQIA movement, it's been very whitewashed. So finally, mm. we're getting black voices. You know, I grew up with Marlon Riggs. If you don't know who he is, Google him. Tongues and Tide changed my life. Yeah. You know, things like Paris is Burning, which, of course, influenced Pose. It just ended last last Sunday. I mean, there are there is not so many crispy. <laughs> I'm extra crispy, Nikki. Extra crispy. <laughs> uh, I know, but I mean, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of stories that were taken out from that a lot of black and brown folks were right. a part of. I was a part of the movement 30 years ago, and I, and I and and I'm curious to see what happens when things get written. Will I be included in some of the stories? And I have been I've been included in a few, but I'm just but, but it's like it seems like though they go to the to the non-black brown person first, and they kind of showcase them so much. But there are right. a lot of black uh, folks, and that's and that's what we. So I'm glad we have Victoria Cruz, kind of like she was the leader of this of this documentary, trying to find out what's going on with another person who's very important in gay history, who was who happened to be of color. It's an interesting point. Interesting point you bring this up. And again, I, I gotta gotta put it out there. I'm a heterosexual male, not trying to speak for anyone in the community. But it, when when you have people on the LGBT side who happen to be white, a lot of times there is a propensity to mirror that movement with the black civil rights movement. But for me, that always rubbed me the wrong way because you're kind of discounting actual blacks who have, have to deal with it both ways. And so I always wonder that, did that really, is that considered as an, a, a microaggression as someone inside that community as well? Or is that just me being like, wait a minute? Well, I mean, it's, it's hard because I'm black. I always, I always say this and it may be controversial, I'm black first. I just, that's what, everybody, that's what everybody sees. That's what everyone looks at. My facial features, my skin color. You see African-American. That's what you see first. Um, anything else after that, I'm a, you know, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. I'm this, I'm that. I mean, I'm many different things. But you see this first. So I have, I have an attachment to both movements, clearly. I have an attachment to both this movement and that movement. The mm -hmm. you know, gay and also and the civil rights movement. Um, there and there were gays in the civil rights movement also that got kind of pushed aside, right? Also, right, right, because they were gay. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like these are both human rights movements, um, but they're different because being black, you are solely being discriminated against. We were, we were brought here, that's a whole other story, but we were brought mm -hmm. here as property. Mm -hmm. Gay is something. It was, it was more of a psychological thing for Americans. Like this is a psychological. This is a weird. You know, like we don't give rights to people who think they're. They think Remember, it wasn't until 1973 it was considered a you know mental illness, mental disorder by right. the you know, psychological administration. So it was like we. So that's a that's a slightly different thing. 
um, than just being based on you can't drink out of this fountain because you're black. Right. It's a little, it's a different. There are similarities, but I think it's a little different. So, I, so what, you're, what you're saying, I'm kind of going, yeah, I, I'm both on both those things too. Okay. So I go back and forth also. I don't know if there's a right answer specifically, but I just know that for me, it's kind of like I go back and forth also because I'm what, because in the, I know that. There's a lot of racism in the gay community. It's a lot of racism in the gay community. I was so shocked. But we know the whole, you know, there's a hierarchy there too. When you're oppressed by the major oppressors, then you're oppressed the ones you think about. I mean, it's, it's a, no, it's almost a Latino. So I know the whole Latino right. thing. Well, Mexicans are, are worse than Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricans are, I mean, it's just, it's the whole, it's the whole feeling better than someone else. And that's kind of what goes on. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned it. I mentioned, yeah. Well, it's, it's a whole other show, but it kind of isn't because I do feel like, Everyone on this planet, at least at least in the in society, wherever that be, you can exist outside society, wants the same thing. They want to be safe. They want to be able to raise a family. They want to be able to have a good time. But at the same time, it always feels like, hey, you know, how how, how did you people get in? How did your culture get in? Don't let them in. And we're kind of like fighting based on how we describe ourselves and how we identify ourselves, which I thought was something that, that was a through line in this particular movie itself because it really wasn't so much like, hey, respect us. It's like, Hey, we want to be able to live and to drink where we want and to party where we want and to have the same rights that we want. <laughs> These are very small things we should be able to clear, but they always seem to have so many people, so many detractors being like, no, how dare you? Right, no, right. And the thing with, the thing with people like Marsha and, and other trans women or even trans men, but I know they're focusing on Marsha, um, people can't get over the fact of that. It's just that, it's, it's the plumbing. It's the, what do you, they, they can't get over that. And mm -hmm. so that's the that barrier. And so for Marsha and them who are out there, I mean, like literally, I mean, they could be killed. You could be in prison in jail for just dressing with, a, with, with making your hair long, wearing a dress, putting on makeup, and saying I'm a woman. Just saying that. I mean, we still have problems with that today, but it's even it was even worse back then. It was even it was even it was scary. I don't. To me, it was their bravery and her bravery to go out there and speak out in public to speak out in public about yeah. wanting rights that's just that's just you know i mean that's and, and to be a person i know and to be a woman of color uh, be a black woman to do this back then is again back then it, to me it just takes such bravery and courage that that's what i got from this documentary especially it's like she was she was trying to work it out i mean she was trying to you know her and others like her were trying to work it out so get into the movie itself. Favorite favorite scene or a, a part exchange that stuck out for you? There's certain moments where you go, damn. There's, I mean, the, the whole movie was like that for me. Basically. Yeah, I know. Well, it was like there was show. There was show. I love that he had the footage. It's like it's funny to watch the footage because you know the old old um, the, either reel to reel or they had the uh, the old uh, we call cameras. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know they had that footage, some of the footage of her out there and others yeah. like her out there. So it's kind of, it I was like, oh, they have, I, mean, I was more, I mean, you know, we're producers, we're people who do stuff like this. So I'm always kind of like, oh, they had, oh, they actually filmed that or they filmed her talking or they filmed that demonstration or the, or the first pride march. Or they actually filmed this stuff. Oh, okay, got it. I didn't know that footage was out there. So right. for me, it was more like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, every time it was kind of, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, How's the personality, in your opinion? How was Marsha's yeah. personality? Uh, it was it was like people I knew myself coming out, people I knew. I mean, it was, it was very, very just like uh, I, I. It made me think back to my early days and 
um, some of the trans back then they were called male to female or FTM. They, they were they weren't they didn't have the, they, they were called different names back then. Yeah. Um, but that I befriended when I was like this 18, 19, 20, 21 year old. And most of them are dead from AIDS at this point. I, I, it made me sad. It made me nostalgic and sad um, because it's like I remember them and they were and they were and they were so strong and feisty and bitchy and shady and 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 loving and all these things that I I am myself. I know I'm those things too, um, but oh, I good. carry it just a different way. You know, I am. I know. I, I, so I'm all those things. But you know, I but you know when I care about somebody, if you're in my circle, you're in my circle. And that's in, you know, you're my circle, so you're in my circle. I don't care if you're straight or this, or it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it doesn't matter. You're in my, you're in my circle. And and that's how it was back then. So seeing this and seeing Mark's personality, it was, she was not just fighting for herself, she was fighting for the circle. She was fighting yeah. for the village. Um, but she reminded me of people back in the day that I used that I used to know that are now not here anymore. That that is a very important statement. That's interesting because it does feel like it was a, a different shift. Uh, and, and as the movie progressed, of who Marshall was, it was like almost like it was like legend person. Uh, can I say martyr? Is that an appropriate term yeah. in a way? Yeah. You know, I, mean, I feel like it kind of transitioned to a, through the part of, of the hour and forty minute runtime. But my yeah. favorite scene, uh, which is, I guess, to show how New York I am, was when <laughs> uh, uh, Victoria was sitting with Julius, and Julius was explaining how the mob worked. Clubs and like it wasn't for the top mobsters, it was for the mobsters' nephews. I was like, Oh my gosh, I was so inspired to write a whole story about that. Uh, one of my favorite yeah. games is uh Grand Theft Auto The Battle of Gay Tony, where Gay Tony owns both a straight club and a gay nightclub. And he goes, Oh, I, I own the city, but all the gangsters and thugs are after. I'm like, That would never happen, but I'm literally hearing this right now. Is there any aspect the mob was not involved in in New York City at that time? <laughs> Back then, there were my grandfather knew some mob people. He did. There were a couple of restaurants because we were the restaurants we would go into. There was one called I, I, I again. Well, they're not in business anymore, so I guess I could say it. I don't know. Yeah. And this is all allegedly. I don't know if they had any mob ties or nothing. I don't know nothing. I'm just saying we walk into places like the Richelieu and stuff, and they're like Roberto, Robert, Robert. They knew he was. Yeah. He had cigars in his hand. I mean, these folks had no necks, and they were just like they had. Thick to me, thick New York accents, um, track suits. Also, you saw on Sopranos, that's what I saw, and they all did like my father. And it was just like, and I'm just like, I don't know what they do for a living, but it was something. And he would allude to things. Um, but it was, I mean, back in the back in the 70s and 80s, I, I'm sorry, I love New York back in the day. I like when it was dirty, I like when eight <laughs> and Times Square. I, I did, I love I said, why did cops have to like clean it up? I, I'm just like, I, I loved it when it was dirty, and it was just like. It, I, I just, I mean, New York was always supposed to be this gritty city. So, yeah. yeah. So, in the, the documentary, that was fun to see that. Well, also, it talks about back then, when, back then when it was a gritty city, and, and yeah. it was extra dangerous for people like Marsha. It was extra dangerous for that back then. Nikki says Dirty Nancy was the best. I, I kind of agree. So, I grew up in, the, I came of age in the nineties, uh, and, and so like that was the process of it being cleaned up. But like. Coney Island was the last part of New York City to get that. So as a kid, I remember back yeah. when the, the boardwalk was open. You could walk under the boardwalk and see everything that's shady. And that's something kids my uh, age have never have seen <laughs> before, they, <laughs> before they filled it in. Before they filled it but in, it was like, the, oh. thing, the thing, Flobo, that's the thing. is so when you were raised in New York, when you went to, because I, I started going to New York in the late 70s, obviously. So, um, But New York was this tough place. Like my mom said she rode the subway at 10 or 11 years old to go to school. Like It was just like you just... You grew up faster there, some level. It was, it was it's a concrete jungle, 
so so different in Los Angeles. We're at the beach and we're like eating ice cream cones and you know <laughs> swimming. It was very it's very different. And so that's why I think about New York. If that's what it's supposed to be, this, you you kind of probably shouldn't have seen some of this that you saw you saw. But it's that's part of the experience of growing up in New York. And if you listen to this now, not be from New York, that's why we're so mad when we see it all gentrified. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, want serious? ancient greens. <laughs> Like our yoga places. Like, why is the yoga place here in Fort Hamilton Parkway next to where it used to be the West Indian market? I mean, I don't understand what's going on. So, yeah, I kind of. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Have you ever had a situation where you were on a on a mission or an adventure and when someone's like, yo, you should probably not do this. You should probably chill out and just focus on yourself. Like, no, I'm going to find the truth, like Victoria Cruz was. I, that's a great question. I have several times in my life. And um, that, that's my. I, I've done a lot of things in my life. Just happened. Just happened when I was born. The, the the time I was born, a lot of things I was told you probably shouldn't do that, or you probably should just turn around and go back. Don't go for that job, James. Don't don't try to move up the corporate ladder. This is in the eighties. This is in the nineties. Um, maybe you shouldn't try to go to that neighborhood and get the job or live there. I had places I was told not to. And I remember I was trying to find a place in Sacramento of all places. Yeah. Um, so oh, I was told. I know, whatever. And I was told in a neighborhood that's a little nicer. That I probably shouldn't go there because I'm a certain shade of brown. Wow. If I was my father say my father's is very, very light skinned. He said, I'll go for you and I'll I'll get the place for you. And I said, No, I'm gonna go as myself. And he said, Well, either you'll get turned down, you may get beat up, you may get it was all kinds of this was back in the 80s, all kinds of stuff could happen to you in this neighborhood. And I said, No, I'm like, I said, I have to, I have to stand up for myself and do this. Um, also, I had a friend who was murdered. Uh, who was a drag queen, not trans, but a drag queen, back in the early 90s in Sacramento. Yeah. And we decided, me and my friends decided to go after him. Try to find, we found the person, actually, who did it. Oh, um, wow. And got him to justice. But we we decided to to kind of, because it was somebody who was in our, in our community who did it. Um, and we think it was one of those things, just they're trying to rob her or whatever, just whatever happened. And I was told, James, you shouldn't do that. You may know where you live, and I was just like, "No, we got, we got, we got to do it." I'm a, I'm a village person, so you got, we got to help the village. I, there's a word that gets overused there, but that's like what true heroism is, right? Being like, "Yo, I know the risk, and my heart's in my chest, but I have to do this." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a thing where you really. When I joined Act Up Sacramento in the late '80s, also it was it was scary to me because we we're going to places mm-hmm. and risking our lives. I've, I've never been arrested, actually. Of all things, I've never been arrested. Um, but I've had guns pointed at me. I've had police. I've had all that happen. Um, but it was like you, you almost, it almost takes over because it's, it I means it is life or death in some ways. It really is life or death. It really is that serious. I mean, and you, and something just takes over with you and you goes, I can't stop. I couldn't stop if I wanted to. And that's how many of us thought. Now look at the Marshall P. Johnson. They couldn't not fight for the rights. Yeah. They just, they just couldn't. Because how are they going to live? They can't, you can't live. You're being restricted. So you got to unrestrict yourself. It, it did seem, at least for me, and again, maybe because I'm just incredibly cynical. <laughs> New York, hello. That that it was it was Marsha and and a lot of people in that in that group were allowed to talk all they want to until the money got involved. Until it was like, look, man, this organization's skimming money off the top. Like, where are our rights? Where is our pay? And then it became kind of ominous of what happened to her. And I always wonder how long does it take. Do we realize that our institutions that are to divide or to suppress usually have a monetary element combined to it? And so it was cool to see that, like almost in an alternate universe, like this happened before, y'all. Like it can happen again. 
Well, that, yeah, everything old is new again. That song. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just it's it's very true. And I and I have talks with younger gays, and I tell them what you're going through now went on 30, 40 years ago when I was your age. I mean, like it's just it's completely uh, for all the changes, a lot remains the same, and it's perpetuated mm -hmm. just generationally. It's just it's just it's and it's and we now I think now we're aware of all of it. I mean, they were aware of it back then too. They just didn't care. I think now we're aware of it. Hopefully now care and will help change things. But back then, people knew what was going on, and there was lots of divides. And, and the gay community was not really that united. And I think there was a, there was a lot of stuff that was going on. Also, hey girl, um, that was going on. And Marsha, you know, there were folks who didn't like Marsha, and there were folks who didn't who probably didn't want to see her talking. They didn't want to see her up there. They didn't want her representing the yeah. movement. I'm sure. I'm, 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 How'd you come across the documentary? Was it, was it like an algorithm thing that a friend put you on? No, it was. And so people were talking about Marsha P. Johnson a couple of years ago. And then and then this year, I was like, I need some, I want some gay lesbian documentaries. I just, I literally went into Netflix and typed in, you know, whatever, like, yes, and it, and it popped up, I put it in my queue. And then I put up several in my queue. And I love documentaries. I just love, I'm a huge document, documentarian fan. I do, I love them. Um, and then I decided one day, and I finally watched it this year. I hadn't, I hadn't watched it. I watched it. I know it came out in 2017. I finally watched it this year. I, again, I got blacker this year, this last year. So I was trying to find out more black stuff. I was like, I don't know how to put it. I got blacker, and I'm like, I want more, more black stuff. And I literally, that's what I, that's what I did. And I, and I sought out content, especially that was gay and black. I wanted to see what was that, and, and or just a kind of queer and black, I should say. Um, yeah. And when I found several things, it's one of the things I found. So, like I said, at the top of the show, IMDb has it at 7.3 and Rotten Tomatoes has it at 7.3%. Almost never these two things are in agreement because why I cite them both. Thoughts about the movie? Well, if you had to give it a rating, what would you do? What would you give the rating of The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson? I'd give it like a nine. I always want to give it a 10. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's not perfect. There are other things, but I mean, it was nothing bad. But I just, I give, I give it like a nine. Give it a nine. Can you recommend to a friend? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I was I recommend to, and I would recommend it to every person, whether you're straight, gay, black, white, whatever. But especially to my other gay and brown, and gay, black, and brown brothers and sisters, and nieces and nephews and cousins. I mm -hmm. think you should see this because again, it's not you won't learn anywhere else. You're not going to you're not going to be taught anywhere. So you have to kind of know your history, know your and, and have reverence for your history. There are people who came before you who some lost their lives. Um, just trying to be who they are. That's sad. It happened today. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'll say more of an 8 out of 10. The people I recommend it to you are, are those who are into crime pieces. Uh, the fact that here's someone can actually disappear in a city of 7 million people. And you have to ask yourself why. Uh, but that said, I do think that as watching as a heterosexual person, being understanding of like, man, we were we <laughs> heterosexuals were pretty intolerant, man. <laughs> like, what, what the hell? I would not say things have changed. Things you can you can say there's some progress there, but like the way that they they, they voiced their concerns was absolutely abhorrent. If to use a term and phrase, and this is my hometown, you know. But I do think if if you're into crime, if you're into into city civic leaders, if you're into uh, that kind of piece of, of having everyone encroach someone to see whether or not they can survive what they believe in, this one will here be one to check out. So. I agree. And I, I appreciate you actually taking time to watch it and and be open to watching something like this. I know it's very different. It's Pride Month, um, but I know you're an ally. You're an ally, and so I, I mean, I would be talking to you, you weren't. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm, 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 I appreciate that you decided you took time to watch it. I think it's good. 
It was fun, man. Not like fun in, in the thing, but really fun of how we, we have these heroes that are just in, in plain sight, really. And we find a way to, in some ways, get rid of it. I might to make this about relevant thing, but like I was reading this article this week about Texas, and they passed a bill to reestablish patriotic education. And I'm like, what the heck <laughs> is that? You know, what I mean, I don't think Marshall P. Johnson will be any textbook if that makes sense. You know, I'm so like any knowledge is great. I know. That's the thing. They don't want. There are certain things they don't want in the textbooks because they weren't in there in the first place. So of course, patriotic. What I mean, it's the funny thing is all of this. As you put a button in office, of course, all of this is American history. No matter if it's gay, straight, Chinese, Japanese, black, white, it's all happened here. It's a part of American history. Um, Black History Month is American History Month. You know, Pride Month is American History Month. That's kind of my whole spiel about this. It's all, it's all, it's all happened here, so it's American history. Absolutely, and you hit the nail on the head. It happened here, therefore it is. Well, James Law Jr. is about time to hit the road, man. Thank you so much for recommending this picture to me. Uh, the Death and Life of Marshall B. Johnson available now on Netflix. But if the world want to catch up with you. For where there are millions of ways to do so, how would they go about doing that? I would be very specific this month because it's Pride Month. We're very careful. We're very safe. Um, so I have, I have, I know, crazy. I have two series that are out this month that feature gay characters. Uh, one is called Fairview Heights. The lead character is gay and black. Actually, his name is Daniel McPherson. Has a friendship with a straight Latino man um, named uh, Guillermo Rosales. So. That is out now. We have three episodes out, more coming this month. And then Manchester Avenue also features gay characters in that too. And that's on JLJ Media. Both of those are all across any streaming service. Um, you can listen to those. And there's like four episodes out on that one, five episodes on that one. Uh, so I know more couple episodes coming out this month. So check those out if you want to see some positive gay portrayals um, happening and gay messages that are relatable. I say check those out. And I have other audio dramas too, but this, I'll save those for those month. Um, and I have music. I have all my music. I have very openly powerful music that's done by myself and others. Uh, go to any streaming services to that, or go to SoundCloud. I don't think it's on SoundCloud. James Lott Jr. And it's all there with links to other places to, to listen to, but Spotify too and all that. But James Lott Jr. music. And of course, you can follow me where all James Lott Juniors are. At James Law Jr. on social media, also your platforms, including TikTok. And today is, I realized, my one year anniversary as an online network. Clap I didn't realize it. I know. I'm like, I, I did it. Uh, JLJ Media is on YouTube, and I've worked 35 shows uh, from Star Wars to Star Wars being left handed uh, to Spanish content, all on there at JLJ Media. And that's my one year anniversary. I can't believe it. So this week was. It's been a while since I've been the left-handed show. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, it's This is Lobo Star on Netflix. We review things in the Netflix library. But if you want more content, become a member of the Boisterous Crew. Patreon.com slash Lobo Boys. Every month, I actually review comedy specials. So I get to tell you, as a comedian, my thoughts on what's going on. But until next time, which will actually be later today for listening to this one, this is Lobo Star on Netflix. Good night, everyone. <laughs>